hello, hello, and welcome to a new episode of Talking Without Filter. This is your host, Jackie. In the background, Raining in Lo-Fi City by Lo-Fi and Cities is playing, just to let you know that I don't own the rights to the music. Anyways, this episode is called L-O-V-E, Love. Do you ever get that random spurt of energy where you want to transform your life? (laughs) Sound like a commercial. Maybe you saw felt something that was impacting and you decided to be a better person, take a new approach, or change something about yourself. So, you set out to do, mind made up, and although the change might last a day, a week, or amazingly, even a month, somewhere along the road, we make that unfortunate U-turn, going back into the old habit, the old attitude, or the old behavior. Does it sound familiar? I bet it does, because it is familiar for me. We make the change with our minds, and we know how fast we can change our minds and our thinking, and we're like, why doesn't it last? Well, I said this to a coworker yesterday, it doesn't because we don't make lasting change with our heads, but instead with our hearts. Love can be costly at times, even sacrificial, but without it, where would we be? God spared no expense when demonstrating his great love for us through his son, Jesus Christ. Let's commit to loving others in the good times and in the hard times, no matter what. If you hear me sniffling, I apologize, I just have allergies. Love, what a complex emotion. Or is it an action? Or is it just a word that's used to describe our affections for anything from family to chocolate, a sports team, or your favorite pair of shoes? When we show love that earnestly seeks the best for another, that provides acceptance and affirmation to those around us, we echo the reality of God's love for us. Love rejoices in truth. Love is made known and exemplified when honesty and truth are behind it. When you do acts of kindness with a true heart to serve, love is there. Now let's be for real. The problem is that it's hard to do. Sometimes we're not in the mood to put ourselves out or people are too difficult and challenging to even like. In these situations, we might not even manage to think about loving in the true sense of Paul's definition, let alone put it into action. After all, if you're not feeling it, why would you give it out? So we know we all have our little rom-coms and romantic movies And we know that in these movies, they always portray a story of young love. It creates a perfect scene. Two individuals fall in love. It goes back and forth from when they fell in love. And it fast forwards to the scene when they're old with kids, displaying love in its most mature stage. Skipping the hardship, arguments, and all that. But the trouble with this is that it only shows the beginning and the end of a romance. Sure. Everyone can experience young passion and love, 
but not everyone can experience love that is fully grown. It's in the middle that love fights the hardest. In the process, it matures. This keeps that relationship together during difficult times. Now, I'm not saying to put up with the bullcrap. Never that. But it also means not giving up when you have disagreements over small things. It means battering each other for each other. The issue is that we fall in love as often as we fall out of love. Because of that, we've not experienced love that is fully grown. When someone is faithful, you can have faith in that person. And when you have faith in that person, you move towards them. You can start talking to someone new and you love them the incorrect way. You do things according to how you feel is right and you end up butting heads, arguing, and fighting. You get angry because they refuse to hear you out, and then you close up because you know that the next thing that comes out your mouth is going to be unpleasant. You love them based on a fantasy and not reality. You're loving them selfishly. And this could be done to you, and then this could cause you to feel like you are starting to give up on women and men, and ultimately on God. But remember, God gives you signs. Pray that all reliable. If they aren't for me, God, please remove them from my life. And won't he answer you <laughs> with a swiftness? 24-hour results guaranteed. Amazon Prime delivery. One day shipping. Same day shipping. I believe in spiritual compatibility. And this isn't saying you shouldn't try to be with someone who isn't on the same worshiping level as you. Help them get there. You could be the type that worships with hand in the air, crying, and all that good stuff. And they could be trying to get there. They could be the ones that are still trying to raise their hands up slowly, close their, close their eye, but keep one eye open kind of just to see if people are looking at them. But they, they're there. They want to get there. It could be that you believe in something that they're unsure about, but that doesn't mean that they aren't the one. It should tell you that you should not take things so fast until you're on the same page. You always want to be in the same place before moving forward. And it's fascinating, truly, how one person can ruin our experience with others, while another person redeems our experience with them. And If I could scream out here, I would. But I love y'all too much and I don't want to hurt your ears. One person can mess it up for everybody else. But guess what? Don't let them do that. Because that one person that you decide to finally give a chance to could redeem the whole experience. And you're like, wow, I'm so glad that I gave them a chance because they've changed my perspective. They've changed it all. Now, God sometimes places us through a process before he gets us to the promise. 
If we take a moment of introspection, we can find flaws, habits, mindsets, and insecurities that will harm us from the future that we pray for. I believe that we should fix certain things before marriage is even talked about in a relationship to avoid studying the growth that we could experience as a couple. Whenever I hear someone expressing their desire for marriage, it reminds me of something that God said in Genesis 2.18 It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper as his compliment. American Standard Version. Um, I did look it up really quick on my computer because uh, the KJV, which is a King James Version. Uh, I think I wrote it incorrectly and it doesn't make sense, so I just looked it up really quick. Uh, when it comes to dating, many of us have been enticed by the beauty of someone on our arms. We want to bring them out in public with us, and we enjoy getting our little likes on social media with this amazing person, right? But in our pursuit of these things, many of us have overlooked the most important aspect of a person, the foundation. Starting relationships with the foundation of lust never truly helps us have the relationship God intends for us. Many believe that most marriages end in divorce because people fall out of love. I don't always believe that's the case. Perhaps some relationships didn't become bad or lose love along the way, but their foundations were broken from the outset. The starting point showed them many red flags of spiritual instability, but they decided to overlook them and hope that they would fade away. Baby, be for real. <laughs> be so for real right now. You wouldn't want to move into a house with a broken foundation and dead soil, right? Oh, but I can fix it. Sure, but it's going to be costly to fix. And the dead soil... How could you grow anything? Mic drop. <laughs> Unfortunately, red flags don't change colors over time. Unresolved, unaddressed problems from the outset will turn into the very things that cause the building we are forming to deteriorate. We must ensure that we build a solid foundation in the relationships we create. Because our connections are destined for failure, if we're building on faulty ground. So, being equally yoked allows you to have a spouse who helps you face any storm and trust in God no matter the season. I often wrongly thought that I could overlook that someone I was dating wasn't firm in their spiritual life. I'd help guide them and develop them into someone who served Jesus. I have overlooked character flaws because I thought that they'd plan to develop a walk with Jesus later, but people are not our projects. They must desire to know Jesus for themselves, not so they can be with you. Let me say that again. They must desire to know Jesus for themselves, not so they can be 
with you. And like I said, I'm not saying that you can't date someone that isn't so strong in faith. No, better yet, let me say, let me rephrase that. I'm not saying you can't date someone who isn't uh, in the faith and that they're just trying to get into the faith and that they're not at the same level as you are. That you can't be like, oh, I've been loving Jesus for all these many years. I know more than you, blah, blah, blah. No, don't be that way. Don't be like that because that's very ugly and God does not like ugly. I'm saying that you can't be with someone that wants to go to church, wants to go to the same place that you are because you're there. Are they there to give their life to God, to worship God, to love God, or are they there for you? Think about that. Now let's talk about sex. Mm-hmm. S-E-X. Sex, 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 sex. Because a lot of you, especially some Christians, will hear that and they'll be like, oh, let me turn that off. No, no, no. You got to talk about it. I've mentioned this before. No judgment here like that at all. Because who are you to judge? I want to honor God. But sin was both permissible and celebrated. Almost every show, movie, ad is hypersexualized. And it presents things to us that make perversion seem normal. Most of what I learned about sex came from my surrounding culture. And yes, I have sinned before. I have had sex out of marriage. I regret it. I repent. And I have chose to save myself until I get married. It is a battle, a daily battle. But guess what? I haven't given up yet. Have I failed? Yes, yes I have. I'm not going to deny it and say that I'm a saint and that I don't do stuff that I'm not supposed to. But I haven't in a while. And I'm proud of myself. I'm proud that I haven't fell into the grasps of sin and that I haven't given to flesh to my flesh and that every time I feel like I should I don't because I know that if I do sure awesome time sometimes but then when it's over when it's done it's like damn why did I do that you're still alone Sure, you got that little little minutes of pleasure and whatnot, but you're alone, and that doesn't feel good. So, instead of breaking your celibacy for something more momentarily, just wait. You're not gonna die if you don't have sex. I'm still alive, <laughs> and there's plenty of things to do there's plenty of things to keep your mind occupied and you don't have to give into it and it's important to think about talking about the consequences of sex and that society has trained us to think that it is something we do with whoever we are dating or whoever we meet on an app it's not i this generation is of 
hookup culture, and I can't. I really can't. So many of us think that sex is something we do because we're grown. And for the person who complimented us without commitment. I believe a major problem the church has, and yes, I said it. I believe a major problem that the church has wrestled with is how to probably, properly address sex in a healthy way and realistic manner. We can't yell, no sex, no sex, in someone's ear for years. And then see them after their honeymoon and assume that they felt okay with embracing the sexuality that God gave them. Most churches shame or make you feel bad about thinking about it. Even bringing the topic up, it's like, whoa, we don't talk about that here. Why not? We must adopt a more godly approach to this. Because sex outside of marriage is ravaging our churches, especially our young adults. And many young people have turned away from Jesus because of sex outside marriage. They aren't being helped, just made to feel condemned. We end up in bed with people we never committed to or simply having sex with because everybody else is doing it. Obviously, the world is very opinionated but cultural opinions have become the truth for today's generation. Let's keep it real for a moment. <clears throat> Many dating relationships should have ended ages ago, but people stay and hope for the best simply because the sex is great. Or it isn't even great. They just don't want to start over. And that's so dumb. And if it offends you, I'm sorry, but this is called talking without filter for a reason. I don't know what to tell you. It's really dumb if you stay with someone just for that. Or even if the sex isn't great and you just don't want to start over. Babe, wake up. Wake up. Sex is impacting our world more than we may want to admit. And I know the idea of soul tie isn't necessarily... A biblical concept but we must process that when God created sex he intended it to tie your soul together with your spouses so we must be careful not to become one with someone we aren't married to you may break up but God still recognizes the marriage you created And I've also mentioned this before. When you sleep with someone, you do more than exchange bodily fluids, babe. Serious. Sex will connect us on a deeper level. And when we take a casual approach to it, we miss out on the blessing God's desired us to have. Dating has become a very popular pastime in today's generation. Many people date not because they believe it's what God desires for the future, but simply out of boredom. They need something to do. Marriage isn't the goal in mind. It just seems as they would they should be dating. Pregnancy isn't the goal, but they're in bed together. A future together isn't what they're praying for. They just don't like being alone. Ooh. I know it's going to sting for some people, but gotta be honest. 
Every person you meet serves a purpose in some way. They take you in some direction. And unfortunately, it's not easy to tell why certain people are in our lives. Society has always encouraged us to find the perfect picture person to date, someone who meets all our physical expectations and helps us make the most beautiful children. There's so much more to dating. We need to approach it with our destination in mind. We need a relationship rooted in purpose. When it comes to dating, if we don't consider why we're connecting with someone, we're destined to end up in the arms of someone God didn't send. Not because we're foolish or don't love God, but because our emotions can't lead us the way God can. If all someone sees in you is your beauty, you can be sure that the love will fade just as the beauty fades. If you're single in today's culture, I know that it can be exhausting. You're probably feeling left out, everyone appears to be in a relationship, but we often forget that the true purpose of marriage, which explains why we mishandle the season of singleness. When you know your worth, settling isn't an option. When you know that your mindset is pleasing God, that will surely narrow your options away from those that are simply, simply seeking fun. Whatever the reason that you desire marriage, you ought to have someone who can add to your life. Choose not to settle for someone who catches our eye. But we desire the type of relationship that builds our spirit and helps us get closer to our purpose. Our main goal must be purpose, not passion. We have to be careful not to follow our desires to become our guide because it will always better it's always better to follow his will instead of our emotions that will help us distinguish between what is god sent and what is counterfeit i hope that y'all enjoyed this episode i know some things is going to upset y'all but it is what it is i'm always going to keep you 100 I hope that y'all enjoyed it anyways, and stay tuned for the next episode. Bye-bye!